Can we count us in? Um, yeah, what's happening? Um, uh, are you going to host me over or are you going to do uh, it? Or? I'm okay at it, Dean. Sorry. All right, sure. If you want to do it, I'm okay with that. Yeah. Um, okay, five, four, three, two, one. Hello, and welcome to episode 164 of the Agency Podcast. Eugene here, your agent in Toronto. And Candy here, your agent in wherever I am, but today Chicago. <laughs> Stag informed me that he would be really interested in traveling around with our friends' artwork and our artwork and doing pop-up art shows across the continent. Well, let oh, me comment. Isn't that an interesting idea? Yeah. Do you want in on that? <laughs> Think about it. But I was kind of excited. That's usually my kind of idea for something crazy to do, right? I'm the one who likes the road trip and taking art because, you know, we took our art and sold it in the street 10 years ago. And, mm. uh, you know, so well, I, I used surprised. to say I can't even give it away, but it turns out I I, uh, I can give it away. Good. There you go. Well, then we can find out if we can sell it for you. There you go. Yeah. Uh, I don't so even know how I would begin to organize that. I guess you'd have. I, to. I don't know. It sounds like sort of a, like a, a rolling thunder review for paintings. That's right. You know, there was a great art. It wasn't a competition. It was a reality show, though, of some kind of these. And it was a long time ago, maybe 2006, because there was an art competition show, which we've talked about on the show before, that I really enjoyed. But these two guys went around to different towns and just did artwork in the different towns. They were really young and they were really energetic. And it was, it was quite an interesting show. And I have no idea what it was called. So hmm. I'm absolutely no help whatsoever. <laughs> it was a little bit like Sea Gypsies, but with art. Got it. Yeah. 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 Um, so we've, we've been doing quite a bit of mosaics lately. That's wonderful. Um, we did a little commission for uh, somebody's 60th birthday. And the person wanted us to integrate the number 60 forwards and then the mirror image number 60 on the other side in a butterfly. Wow. Which was, that was easy enough to do. But I don't know if, if, if I received a gift, I don't know if I would want it to have the number <laughs> of my birthday on the gift. I, I know. It could be worse or better. It could have been 69. <laughs> <laughs> I think having the number 69, probably people would enjoy that. <laughs> I don't know. So we also did um, a smelty tile mosaic uh, as a gift for uh, a couple we know on the occasion of their wedding. Oh. And uh, we have an upcoming commissions for two birds. So we're quite busy on the mosaics. Very front. interesting. Oh, my God. Wow. That's pretty exciting. Very exciting. Yeah, and the uh, the head gardener, that giant head we built out back, uh, Stag and I built the yeah. uh, the grass that I planted is growing like crazy. Oh, fantastic! It looks like eraser head. Yeah, I saw that. I'm going to post that picture tomorrow. I'll I'll post a couple of the photos that you sent me. Um, they're going to be a lot of fun on Instagram. So yeah, that head photo is beautiful. And your blackberries looked amazing. Oh yeah, the blackberries. They're I I got a good I would say a little over a pint pint and a half today, and it'll be pretty steady for the next week and a half two weeks. Isn't that wonderful. That's fantastic. Yeah, they're very yummy. Wow. You know, I went back to my sewing class a couple times since I spoke to you. I took an extra one, a fill in, a little extra. I needed some help with more homework, mm -hmm. and it's going great. Um, I'm you know the so my goal was not really to do patterns unless I made them, but you know, how else can you learn unless you have a pattern and you practice through it? So well, that's it. it. 
Some I mean, people think when they get into something that they have to start at the end. They have to start like doing the work that people who have who have done it for 35 years are right. doing. Right. Um, when in fact, you really do have to master some rudimentary skills along the way. Absolutely. That's back to that old, um, um, what's her name? Uh, Margaret Atwood story. She was at a, a swishy party, a swishy bougie party. And she was talking to some guy. I told you this before, probably here too. And he was like, um, I guess she was like, well, what do you do? He said, what do you, oh, what do you, she said, oh, came up, what do you do for a living? He said, well, I'm a brain surgeon. She said, oh, really? He goes, what do you do? She said, well, I write novels. He goes, well, I can't believe it. You know, when I retire from brain surgery, I want to write a novel. And she said, what a coincidence. When I retire from novel making, I want to be a brain surgeon. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, I love the idea that you retire and you do art, you know, and and you take up art. Not that there's anything wrong with that. I wouldn't want to stop anyone from doing art. But, you know, the idea that it's, you know, all fun and games. <laughs> we all right. know it's, it's all fun and games until somebody loses an eye. That's right. Um, so sewing class, speaking of pain, um, you know, these needles are just driving me crazy. I just stab myself with them all the time. It's oh, I bet. Yeah, we have the pen. same problem with mosaics when we cut oh, really? the mosaics with nippers, the, the glass tiles. Um, we often get cut. Ooh, Usually so. by the end of a mosaics project, both <laughs> you and I are full of cuts. So, yeah, so there you go. Art is dangerous like that. It is because yeah. you can't do it with gloves on. Right. Well, that's interesting. Yeah. And you know what? I don't like a thimble. I feel constrained <laughs> with any thimble. Because because really, although thimbles may have been invented for sewing, their actual use, their proper use, oh, is to you put one on every finger of both hands and you use it to play uh, the scrub board or the frattoir. Oh, there you go. That does make sense. I'm glad but, they had a good invention. Right. The uh-huh. frattoir is the scrub board that's the made out of sheet. Sure. metal that hangs over your shoulder that the Zydeco players use. I think the first frattoir was used by Cleveland Chenier, who was right. uh, Clifton Chenier's uh, brother. They played together nice. for, for many, many uh, years. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah, so, so, so um, I'm sewing. I'm sewing something rather complicated. I practiced on a sheet first before I went to class. And I did pretty well. I'm looking. At I would it right say now. sewing a sheet would be an easy thing to start with. Well, it's just I'm just using. I'm I'm trying to repurpose fabric in general. I would like to recycle fabric, so I bought some fabric at the secondhand store, or torn apart some bedding or sheets or pillowcases. Um, this is a very pretty sheet, and I used it to practice because of the thick cotton. It's very sturdy and easier to sew. Then the ultimate fabric I want to sew in of a lighter cotton. So I've got this 40% cotton, 60% linen material. And it is challenging. Um, I can see. So today I sewed up the arms. I forgot. <laughs> I may, It's so easy to make mistakes. So just before we started recording, when I got home, I was picking apart some of the arm to try and uh, fix that. Right the good thing is you can undo it, you know. Well, I, know sure. I know many knitters who take apart a sweater because sometimes... It goes astray, and they take the, they'll take the whole sweater apart. Oh, in order to get the one little thing fixed. One little thing, or that it didn't, or it it did. I don't know. I, I forgot what some of the the troubles are with knitting. Is that sometimes your tension in your hands changes, or the weather tension changes? So it, I think it's a tension issue more than anything. 
of the knitting and the wool. And you might have, if you were stressed out, maybe you pulled it tighter. If you were tired, maybe you, you knit it slower. Right. Looser. So stuff like that. Um, I have sewn up armholes before and, um, you know, I'm sure. And you'll do it again, damn it. I'll do it again. And I learned a very fancy, useful stitch. You see the patterns, they don't tell you technique. So the teacher is the one who's telling me the teacher. I thought I was just going to learn the sewing machine. No, I'm learning all kinds of technique stuff that doesn't come with the pattern. Interesting. So I did the stitch. It's incredible. Um, It looks just super professional where you sew the seam on the good fabric. So the seam is actually on the good side of the fabric. This is totally counterintuitive. And you do it about, oh God, I don't know, a quarter of an inch. You use the foot pedal as a measure, okay? The edge of the foot pedal, you sew, you hold the fabric in line with the outer edge of the foot pedal. So you keep a straight line. Then once you sew that whole seam, you cut it all off, except for the stitching. You cut right up next to the stitching. Then you flip it inside out to the bad side and sew that on the same area as as using the foot pedal again as a measuring. So you've got this incredibly finished seam and it might be, many people call it a French seam. Um, it may have different names in different areas, but I, I think it's called a French seam. Of course. Well, in general, if you add the word French to something, it just <laughs> makes it better, right? It just elevates it. Yeah, just zhuzhes it, makes it all sophisticated. So I'm really enjoying that. And I also had a moment where I was looking at the pattern, there's a yoke, and it was off and crooked. And all of a sudden I saw it like drawing. And I was like, oh my God. Okay, I see. Cause you, you almost kind of jimmy it. I you see. Gotta, yeah, because sometimes the fabric, it just doesn't line up right. So you've got to make it appear. The, the idea of it having this appearance and this hanging, I was like, okay, I get this now. It's like drawing. So I don't know. I was pretty excited about that experience. Well, that's cool. Yeah. Well, I have to tell you a story. Did I mention that I live in a sit- sitcom? <laughs> I may or may not have mentioned that. Yeah. So, so we sleep on what looks like a king size bed. This was uh, something we've always done when we got married, we bought a king size bed, but we didn't buy a king size bed. What we bought was a king size frame with Uh two twin beds stuffed into the the king size frame. Okay. And that, that works. Okay. Fine. No problems. Um, But you see, because I am a hulking big human and (laughs) Sheila is a much less big human. Um, I wear out beds much quicker than Sheila does. So you can buy a new twin bed. Well, so, so this was the thing. So what, what we, for, for the last couple of years, Sheila's been like periodically switching mattresses, um, uh, turning them reverse sides yeah, so that I can wear out every aspect of both <laughs> mattresses. Okay. <laughs> so um, Sheila says, well, my side is fine. But if you want, we can go buy you a bed. Mm-hmm. So off we go. We go to like the first bed store. And I feel like the three bears, right? In the first, <laughs> yeah. like, because you lie down all these beds. But first thing is, aside from all those, like the new foam ones that everyone wants memory foam in their beds. Right. But forget it's just, about it. I, forget about it. Yeah. I found them really un- too soft and mushy. Too, mm-hmm. I need yeah. firm. I need firm. Yeah, so, yeah. Okay. So we go into the one place we we're trying like, like the one bed's too, you know, too soft. The other bed's way too soft. So we, uh, we go to another place and we tell the guy in the other place, well, we need firm. And he says, well, we call this one, the rock. And I went, <laughs> to one, and it's like a sheet over a piece of plywood. 
<laughs> it's so hard. It's ridiculous. So we so we find the perfect the perfect mattress. And we order the perfect mattress. We okay. wait a few days and they deliver the mattress and they take away the old mattress. Did you Great. make sure it fit first? Well, of course it fit. Oh, it's, a, it's, a, it's like a twin. <laughs> so it's good to fit. However, what we failed to do was measure the height. Height. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. So the new mattress. I knew something was going to be. The new mattress <laughs> is about three or four inches higher than the old mattress. <laughs> so I now refer to my side of the bed as the skyloft. <laughs> I'll be in the skyloft a little later, Sheila. Oh my God. <laughs> it's I just couldn't stop laughing when I saw what we had done. Well, I'm glad you were laughing. Was Sheila laughing? Oh yeah, because it's funny. What else could you do? No, I know. Right? And it and it's fine. Uh, it reminded me of when we were at our old place on Blackboard Avenue. There was a, a couple across the street who bought a new couch, mm. but they didn't measure the doorway when they bought the couch. So they just assumed they could fit the couch through the doorway. And in fact, right. they could get the couch halfway through the doorway. <laughs> yeah. And they jammed the, they jammed the couch halfway into the doorway where it sat for two days. <laughs> Until they, they took the door off? Again. <laughs> Did they take the door off? Uh, I think they took a window off in the back and got it through that oh, way eventually. Oh, okay. Yeah, I because I thought your story was going to go to the, you bought a king-size bed and I was trying to think how you would get it up those stairs. Uh, pivot well you can't you can't get it up the stairs yeah. which is why we had the clever idea and yeah. we need the king-size bed because i flop around <laughs> like like um i don't know like a, a sea lion out of water i just yeah. flop around a lot at night yeah. so you need lots of room just for yeah. sheila's safety right yes <laughs> funny so yeah so that was that that was the bed saga yeah yeah, it's weird living in. Aren't we adorable? Yeah, you are adorable. <laughs> I have my own sitcom stories too. Can't think of any right now, but I definitely do. Uh, and then yesterday, <laughs> yeah, yesterday, no, it was Monday, I think. I uh, I completed the um, the fermented hot sauce. Oh, good. And uh, and it's it's quite good. I was faced with the dilemma yeah. of um, do I keep it as a textured pulpy hot sauce which you would say put on with a spoon mm -hmm. or do i keep it as a thin tabasco like hot sauce you drip out of a a, a squeeze bottle oh and, and i decided this time i would go with the thin okay hot sauce did you strain it or did you whip yes it? i strained i just strained it through okay. a uh um a mesh strainer what'd you do with the other stuff the pulp um well like I thought you might make a hot spaghetti sauce or something. I didn't know what to do oh, with it because yeah, okay. all the goodies has the been like, pressed out of it. Okay. So it was just like the pulpy just, bits. It'll, yeah, it's not it's so not without the goodies right. with the pulpy bits, I think it right. would be kind of dry and oh, yeah. disgusting. All right. That makes um, sense. I thought you meant that I compost it, which is probably what I should have done. <laughs> Although I, I don't know if you want to compost stuff that has that kind of brine in it. Probably well, I don't know either. And it would certainly scare off raccoons and um yeah, it would do Scavengers, that. That's anyway, sure. the hot sauce is quite yummy. Oh, it's got uh, it's got quite a bit of a spark to it. <laughs> you know, you've put it on, which is yes. good. Okay. Um, and so, so that was Mach one. Five years. Pardon? I I think I'm going to have enough chilies to try Mach two. Oh no! You're going to yeah, make and, it stronger. Well, no. I think what I'm going to do is, um, for the future, I'm going to invest in a. Um, you can get a device that hooks onto a mason jar. 
that that includes a weight to push down your vegetables and a little valve on the top so that you everything stays down but the gas can get out and that's apparently the best way to encourage fermentation and discourage mold oh wow Uh, so i i may try that okay Um, also I used a food processor to blend it. And I'm wondering if I, if I had used a blender, would I have been able to blend it finer? Mm, I think you would have been able to, um, yes. but I don't have a blender. I don't own a blender. Right. Right. It's, right. it's in the, um, it's in that list of appliances that I've never really needed. That right, includes right. like a blender, a microwave and an yeah. Instapot yeah. and an air fryer. Uh, right. I don't have any of those, right. uh, <laughs> but the blender might be handy. So I thought I could use the, we have an immersion blender, but we use the immersion blender so seldom and we have mm. such a small kitchen that mm. stuff we use seldom migrates down to the basement right. where you may or may not find it in this lifetime. <laughs> and, and I invested about a half an hour in trying to find it and uh, I couldn't. So I just went with the food processor. All right. I, I, I think that will still work. Very good. Very good. Well, so I guess of- we, have, we have a little announcement. We do? We do. After 164 episodes, this is our 164th episode. Yeah. We need a holiday. (laughs) So we are taking next week off and there will be no podcast uh, next week. And then we'll be back the following week as usual. We've managed to go 164 episodes without missing one. Right. And so I hope you'll stick with us as we take a one week vacation. Maybe people could catch up on episodes. That's right. Yeah, you can. And it gives say, you lots of time to write emails to, uh, to, to you know, to oh, that's right. talk about how silly the co-hosts are and that sort of stuff. <laughs> I was going to say on a different topic that I'm pretty excited because Madonna put an album out and I can finally clean my house again uh, because it's the best house cleaning music. And I say that with love. It's 50 remix hits of Madonna's and it oh is killer. It's fantastic. It's so fun. And, and it makes you want to do housework, does it? It's the best, it's the best, um, you know, gasoline for doing housework. I see. Oh, yeah, just blare it, and it's pretty exciting. Pretty I've never exciting. really been taken with her music I particularly. Oh, and I know it's so very, very popular, and there's something to it that I don't get because I maybe I'm not like the target audience, or I don't know what audience. it is. You're not the target audience. We don't have to listen to everything. There you we go. Have to. Yeah. It, you know, it's uh, it's a, it's a, it's own realm. It's in its own realm. It's not for everybody, but it's awesome, and I'm loving it, and it's so fun. It's like a greatest hits, but remastered, really good. Hey, did you um, check her email today? I did not. Do you want to check it? Well, I just tried, but uh, but Google oh. is blocking me out. All right. It. Well, I'll try while we're talking. All right. Um, I'm watching reruns of Jeopardy because it's. When is Tournament of Champions? I'm so excited for it this year because no this has idea. been an insane year. Don't you think? Well, because there's been the the debacle after uh, Alex Trebek passed that tried to get a host and then the producer who decided that he would really be the best host. Who's the producer, Ken? No, there was there was another guy who was going to oh, be the he I announced forgot. that He's oh, yeah, the that. producer and he announced that he was going to be the permanent host. Oh, yeah. And then, and then that just, everybody said, no, you're not. Right. No, that I, I blocked that out. I completely forgot about that. Isn't that funny? Um, well, you know, I, I kind of wanted, um, I like them all. 
And I'm even enjoying Ken Jennings. At first, I was a little bit iffy. But when he fills in, I'm really enjoying it. Oh, he's fine. He's good. He's good. I love ma'am so much. She's fantastic. Okay, I'm looking at our, I'm just looking down our email. I am not seeing a damn thing. I'm it's because people don't know the email address. That's what, let's give the email address. Okay. The agency.podcast at gmail.com. All right, good. We're not finishing yet. No. We're saying all the things we see at the, oh, wait. Um, like and subscribe for getting more exciting videos. Okay, well, so no, we don't have anything. Sorry. Can we get our, can we get websites built and can we, we get could. SEO stuff done? We could. And yeah. Spotify sent us an email, even though we quit Spotify. What about Norton Antivirus? No, I don't have that. But you dance your way to three free months of premium. No, thanks. Well, moving right. on. All right. Okay. Um, yeah, so there's that. <laughs> there is no, that. Well, uh, it, this has been a great week. So, yeah, I'm really enjoying the reruns of Jeopardy because they're kind of going over the amazing champions. So the reason I'm saying it's I'm pretty excited is because these players are incredible. There's been just huge, huge wins. Unless I've missed the Tournament of Champions, did I? I hope not. I had no idea. Oh, my God. Now I'm all nervous. What if I did? She was, she was watching that, uh, that, that show with uh, the fashion game show. Is it making the cut or, right, or about the it, cut? Oh, is it a new season? I think there's a new season. I, oh my god, that would it's be just incredible. streaming. I so love I that show. First, yeah, there's the guy oh. who's got like wears the really nice suits and yeah. um, and everybody like sews and they have nice stories. Oh, and, I love that. and adorable accents. And oh, well, I know what yeah. I'm doing tonight. I'm going to just binge that. Yeah. Well, I'll I see, sew for a bit. I, I, I'm here bit. to help you out, Candy. Thanks. I really appreciate that. That that is a great series. I love it. I love the the host and everything. It's but very well done. You know, it is I have no well interest done. particularly in fashion because I lead the fashion world. I don't. I need, know you do. I That's do not fun. need to look at what other people do. Right? No, no. Um, <laughs> but you did watch that other. I know you watched one of the seasons because those two South Korean designers they were so freaking amazing. And I know. Oh, we, yeah, I did watch some with Sheila for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, they had some really amazing uh, designers on and there. And you know, I find that if you also are like doing a Sudoku or reading a novel, <laughs> it's not bad to have it on. I don't mind it in the background. Right. Yeah. Um, House of Dragon started this week. I know it's not your thing, but it is my thing. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's so exciting. It's a prequel. Is that like a Game of Thrones kind of deal? 170 years ahead of Game of Thrones. Before it. Before the time we know Did, of Game is of that, Thrones. Is that before they had that bloody winter they kept talking about? Well, they mentioned it, that there was going to be a winter, but they didn't really know what they were talking about because they hadn't had it yet in the prequel. So anyway, it's very beautiful. It's gorgeous. It looks like it's going to be very promising. There's already some terrible scandals happening in it, so I'm pretty excited. And lots of sex and debauchery, so it's pretty exciting and violence and, and terrible things, so it's really mm -hmm. good. <laughs> Well, you know, the one thing which which elevates shows like that compared to similar types of shows that might have been done 20 years ago is that the production values are so oh, much higher. So amazing. I mean, really, they do them up. They do them up I mean, really good. Th that's, that is a lot of the, the enjoyment of it is just seeing the worlds they create. It's so beautiful. And Westworld is gorgeous this year. I mean, it's beautiful every year, but it seems especially beautiful. I, I think we're into episode four right now. Okay. And um, boy, it's good. And the philosophical exercises that it provokes in you are, are really good, which I guess is what it's kind of really about is having that, um, you know, try to see what is the mind? 
you know, there's allusions to reincarnation, life after death, immortality. It's pretty interesting. And mm-hmm. the war between any life form, you know, or struggle to, uh, it's funny because, you know, remember like, I used to think like Neanderthals just died off or something. Now that was a theory. And now a new theory is that they basically may have been at war with um, Homo sapiens or assimilated, married to Homo sapiens. Ah, okay. Yeah, kind of interesting. So I, I sort of was thinking about that while I'm watching um, Westworld because you can't tell who's a human anymore and, and who might right. be an AI. It was already like that, but now it's to the power of 10 or something. I see. So pretty exciting TV week for me and viewing week. Yeah. Well, you know, we stumbled into um, a fun film the other night uh, that somehow or other I missed the first time around. And it was a 1995 mystery thriller called Coffee Cat. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Direct, directed by uh, John O'Neill. And really, it's I would call it a vehicle for Sigourney Weaver and Holly Hunter. Yeah, who, for sure. Even if there were no script, Sigourney <laughs> Weaver and Holly Hunter would have rocked that movie. Yeah, Just, you're right. They had, they had really great... Um, dynamics playing off one another and they're both really brilliant actors uh, and the script kind of sagged and was I mean you know what it reminded me of what the film reminded me of that British submarine miniseries that we watch called Vigil oh yeah right in which in which they decide they're going to send a cop who has a fear of enclosed spaces onto a submarine. <laughs> well, here we have a clinical psych- psychiatrist who studies serial killers being hunted by the serial killer. And of course, she has agoraphobia and can't go outside. Right. So a very yeah. similar type concept. And then action in th- ensues. And have you ever noticed that? And I don't know, maybe you know more about serial killers than I do. I but probably it, do. In these sorts of serial killer movies, the serial killers are always so clever. Yes. They're so, so clever. They're always two steps ahead of the investigator and like that. I wonder if that's the case in real life, you know, serial killers versus FBI or whatever, or do they just really do it up for the movies? I don't know. It's a good question. I think some are. I think Ted Bundy would have been really intelligent. I think he probably had a pretty high IQ. I mean, really what we're looking at is, um, is I think it's the time period too, because in the 60s and 70s, we didn't have the kind of um, forensics that we have now. Right. So we're finding serial killers that we'd forgotten about. That's how BTK kind of got caught. In fact, I'm watching, I just watched the three-part special on BTK. Um, and it was BTK? really good. A bind, torture, kill. Uh, Dennis Raider. Okay, you know Mindhunter that we love? Yeah. Right? They have one part of Mindhunter where the, that's, the, the, that's the part where it's the people profiling. It's set in 1979, 1980. I just want to put it in context in here um, in case somebody doesn't know what the fuck we're talking about. Um because I'm not sure. But anyway, um, so Mindhunter has these two profilers, three profilers get together, FBI, and they, they have the theory that they can study a serial killer and thereby understand how to catch future ones. So right. it's in the birth of that. In the TV show, in this series on Netflix, every now and then they cut to Kansas, Wichita. Do you remember that? They go to Wichita yeah. and they show one guy and we never, ever find out who he is. Although if you know serial killers, you know it's Dennis Rader, uh, BTK. 
And he said, you can call me BTK because I bind, torture, and kill. Um, so I watched this three-part series. And in a way, he was murdering in the, um, I think, in the 70s, 60s and 70s. And he did get away with it. It does seem like he outwit the cops because then he laid low for 25 years. He didn't seem to kill anybody else. So they assumed that he either went to prison or died because we assume that serial killers don't stop. Mm. And the, he's an anomaly because he did stop. And all of a sudden in 2003 or 2004, um, he came up and he saw that he started writing to the newspaper and the cops again, something about his murders. And they were completely shocked that he was still alive and he wrote to them. He had written to them. See, that's the other thing is, you know, movies like Zodiac show that they have this cat and mouse relationship with the law enforcement and they seem to get off on being famous. Well, of course, because in the, in the, the movies, you really want to make it personal. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Well, I think the serial killers do make it personal. And I think the law enforcement, if you watch it, something like this documentary, everyone does seem to be taking it very personally. They interview cops, they interview news and media persons, lawyers, neighbors, and his daughter. I mean, that's where I was like, I have to see his daughter and what she has to say about she woke up one day and the man that she loved, her father, who was so caregiving and raised her, was arrested as a serial killer and they had no idea wow and he hid his trophies and, and information well, and his, it's amazing and, that people could compartmentalize that successfully oh my god isn't it it's so creepy um the only thing that the cops after they catch him could think that happened was that in those years that he didn't kill he was very busy with two young children and raising them and very involved with him and his wife so and, he didn't have a chance to you know pursue his hobby and yeah maybe it just he did pursue his hobby though this is the part where i didn't know this part about him he did pursue his hobby in pictures he even at the last at the seat at the episode third third episode so you talk to all these different people not his wife i guess that poor woman just you know buried herself under a rock i don't know what happened to her i don't know if she's still alive i think she might have passed away um but um his daughter was forthcoming and she said that of course she found out he had stuff hidden in the house. He had stuff hidden at his work at church in his drawer, his filing cabinet at work. They found all of his um, evidence. He had a secret panel in the floor of their house where he hid his trophies hmm. and he would pull them out his paraphernalia and put a long string on a camera and dress himself up in his fetish and take pictures of himself. That was in the last episode. I, oh, I was so scared watching it while Stag was at work. I was creeped out, but then I couldn't stop watching it. I was so afraid. Um, he is maybe, that's probably my most creepiest experience watching something about a serial killer. So are they smart? He wasn't that smart because he said, hey, I'll send you a flip, a floppy disk. And will you, will you be able to tell who, where I am? And they said, oh, no, to the cops. The cops said, no, you'll be fine. They sent messages through the newspaper. And so we sent them a floppy disk and they found him five minutes later, you know? So he wasn't <laughs> that bright. <laughs> well, you know, you can't know everything. No, you and, can't. And, you know, I, the movies like to make the, the baddest of bad guys appear to know everything. Yes. Right? To be a beyond reason. Yes. Well, copycat, I remember screaming in the theater um, in that washroom scene where there's a stall. If, I'm, if I got the right movie, I think I do. There's a bathroom scene where the one of the women goes into the bathroom and is attacked by a serial killer. 
Um, have I got the right movie? I think you got the right movie. Yeah, I just screamed in the movie theater. I was so scared. You know, so it did have some suspenseful parts. To I, it. I think really it's, as I said, that the 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 script is nothing to write home about. It's, yeah. But it doesn't matter because yeah. it's very deftly directed. I don't know what else John Emile has done, but he, he's, he's done some good things. He's really good at pacing mm-hmm. and creating suspense and providing the opportunities for the, the two stars to really do their thing. Right. And they're both so fabulous. Um, and they just both shine on the screen so much. I didn't really care about the plot. I just really thought it was a, a very stylish, enjoyable movie with plenty of suspense. And uh, I, I really appreciated a movie that it, it was paced. The cadence of the movie was just perfect and yeah. it, it kind of brought me through to the movie and then it lands you at the end in a really elegant kind of way uh it was beautifully directed yeah yeah he's a he's and it wasn't too long <laughs> you know uh some movies i don't mind if they're long um but yeah it wasn't i don't too either long. Just, I, just the ones that are too long i don't yeah. like too long yeah i know in that era they were an hour and a half it was very general standard film was an hour and a half i would i think that's my memory. I could wrong. I haven't done the math on that. Maybe I should, but I really think 90 minutes was always around 90 minutes, unless it was something like Indiana Jones. Well, or... We went out to the theater the other night and we saw a film that was, I think it was about two hours. We yeah. went to see a film called Nope. Have you seen that one? I did. It's quite a film. I got to say am, it's quite a film. Yeah. I'm a huge, huge fan of Jordan Peele. His first two movies, and now he's got a third one. I mean, this was better than his first earlier movies, even even better. And I have not seen the first two. Well, I thought you did. Now, let me tell you a memory I have. I thought you were in a hotel in the last two years, maybe when you went fishing. I don't know. Or did you text me from home and you said, there's something on TV right now. It's this movie and there's like a body snatcher premise. And it's the craziest movie on the planet. And I thought you were watching us which is his second film. The first film is- Well, maybe out. I was and I just didn't know. Yeah, because I thought we had a, a back and forth for a little bit. I think he's one of the most important filmmakers making movies right now. It's very, very interesting because he adopts an older format. It was like um, the 80s. I agree. It felt yeah, like an 80s it's, it's like It's like an old, an old sci-fi UFO movie. It, I mean, obviously it looks back to movies like Close Encounters of the Third Kind. It's a very referential movie. Um, it's very much about filmmaking i mean my god the main characters hire a guy to try to get the perfect shot of a ufo and he uses a camera that you have to crank because you don't want to have electricity i know there were so many things i i really this movie i really i'm begging people to see it i think it's so well done so beautiful um from from one from the opening shot to the end and the callbacks were incredible the way the story developed i thought was so amazing there's well, also very intriguing personalities in this film i think that's yes. what made it for me yeah really interesting characters yeah. on, the, on the surface it's like scooby-doo right it's like a bunch sure. of people trying to uh find out what the mysterious phenomenon well, that's is I, that's the part i liked about it too listen do you remember i was telling you about skinwalker ranch Skinwalker yeah. Ranch is them doing the same thing. I thought, oh my God, I hope the guys at Skinwalker Ranch watch this movie. <laughs> it's yeah, so it, kind of bundle of fun. So the, the film is basically, it's about 
she's got a lot of things in it about the su support for movie making. These guys are, they've got a ranch, that a, a Hollywood horse ranch in which they raise and train horses yeah. to be used in movies. Yes. And it starts out with this beautiful suggestion that the first movie ever filmed of a man riding a horse, it's, I forgot the name of it, was the main character. I think it's Man Ray. Riding a Horse, isn't it? I think it is called Something man like Riding that. Horse. Yeah, it is called that. And that the jockey. My on, Bridge, My Bridge. Right. Yes, that's true. Um, but they have the name Haywood. And the premise is they claim that their great, 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 great grandfather was the jockey on the, the horse. The jockey, side. that's right. And so they've come by this honestly and this filmmaking legacy. It's obviously in California. And there are so many, many little references to film that I think anyone would have a lot of fun recognizing that. I bet. Even to the horse head in Godfather. They sure. don't yeah, yeah, miss yeah, yeah, a yeah. moment. Yeah. They don't even miss a moment with that, right? Yeah. Um, I thought and, it was. Just... And they have comic relief. They have a oh, character they, who's like absolutely. the dude from the tech store. Oh, he's, he's just wonderful. a total comic relief character. Oh my he's wonderful. god! Yes, um, and so it's also it's so also a tremendously a diverse cast. It it's is. A, there's a, the family that that owns this horse ranch. Mm -hmm. um, they're an African American family, mm -hmm. a brother and sister. Their mm -hmm. father dies under mysterious circumstances relating to the strange phenomenon in the sky. Yes, and um, and it's a uh, uh, Daniel Kaluuya and uh, Kiki Palmer. As OJ and Emerald. Yeah. Um, there's also their neighbor who has like a theme park who yeah. wants to who wants to um, to exploit the strange phenomenon in the sky. Bad decision. And bad decision. And there's a and then there's a, a following thing through this, a theme the side of plot. exploiting exploiting animals. Animals, yes. So that's very interesting too. Where yes, we've got there's these the horses, horses but also got... there's this side plot about yeah. the guy who runs the theme park used to be a child actor. Yes. And when he was a child actor on the set of some show mm -hmm. that featured a chimpanzee, mm -hmm. the chimpanzee goes <laughs> ape shit. He goes chimpanzee. Yeah. He goes chimpanzee yeah, shit. Goes ape shit. Or, uh, for uh, like six minutes and kills everybody that he can except yeah. this little boy. Yes. And in fact, um, they even refer, they even mentioned, because I remember Chris Rock wrote a joke, how come everyone's surprised at Siegfried and Roy that the tiger went crazy? The tiger didn't go crazy. The tiger went tiger. That's right. Yeah. And so they even mentioned Siegfried and Roy in this, in this film. Um, they have, yeah. Yeah, it's a very sophisticated film disguised yeah. as like an 80s sci-fi oh, yeah. horror film. Yeah, yeah, it is so good. It's um, very self-referential, yes. filmmaking referential. Um, right, it's very sophisticated. And yet the characters, like the characters of OJ and Emerald, they're they're so real. Yeah, they you know? are. I they mean, OJ, he's sort of shy yeah. and um, he's kind of a little bit lost without his dad. And his sister is like, I don't know. She doesn't even really want to be there, but no. she's there and she's got her own world going on. And she doesn't like to work or do anything like that. She's very honest about that. That's it right. It becomes a joke about her avoiding any chores or helping. That's right. She just wants to sit around and vape. Yeah. And um, a couple of things that were just so beautifully done is that it starts out with balloons and it kind of ends with balloons. 
And it's just fascinating to see that's Chekhov's gun, right? Oh, yeah. It's and there's so a wonderful shot. Like the the UFO hides behind the clouds. Oh, yeah. It just comes out every now and then. Yeah. But after gobbling up various things in the theme park, it's got this... Um, <laughs> It's like a string of flags, like you'd see at a used car lot. Yeah, it got this trapped in him. Got trapped in him, and he goes up to the sky, and it's dangling this yeah. long string of flags from the cloud. It's a very, very fetching image. Very, oh, it's very fetching. Image. And um, I mean, I, who knew I was, we were going to see sky dancers be so well incorporated into a movie too, into any oh. kind of plot? It was brilliant and as well. The landscape, oh, the desert beautiful. landscape. It's stunning. It's. Uh, and because, of course, it's it's obsessed with the perfect shot, it's yeah. all about different ways of looking yes. at this landscape yes. and this phenomenon, whatever Absolutely. it is. What's different up in the sky? Absolutely. It's so and, the, and the UFO is a scream because it hides behind the clouds and appears every now and then. And then towards the end, it transforms. It oh, becomes like this. Beautiful. It's like this crazy UFO Animal. squid thing. I know. It's so beautiful. I mean, that is just gorgeous. The wardrobe was also excellent in the whole film. It was just fantastic. What was interesting, too, so it begins with balloons and ends with balloons, is it also has the reference to the horse um you know, stop motion, the famous first film, Man Riding a Horse. And near the end, that comes back into the story. The only way to get a photo of this UFO is to put quarters into a, a viewfinder and take yes. one picture at a time. I just thought, yes. now, how it's, beautiful. It's extremely sophisticated film. And um, the, the director, I and I don't know if, if, if the writer and director are the same person, probably. I think, um, I think Jordan Peele did write it. And, you know, what I thought was also so beautiful. Yeah, there it was. You know, I think it was so refreshing that I think I'm watching for things and I was still completely charmed and surprised. Yes, and, time, and it still everything. had the feel, regardless of how packed it is with references and yeah. how sophisticated the structure of it is, it still has the feel of an old sci-fi movie and you could yeah. enjoy it on that level if you oh, want God, yeah absolutely um did you notice the poster of the movies in the office in the father's house he had like harry belafonte yes the buck the buck buck and the preacher and sydney pochier i mean there was just layer after layer of beautiful set direction i mean what a gorgeous house and that house before it gets damaged you could just see the kind of character of the man who owned that house, that he took such good care of it. Uh, There's just so many little things. And the horses are amazing actors. They just did an incredible job. Um, and the, the character of the filmmaker that they hired. Oh, wasn't he wonderful? Antlers Holst. He's this really oh, strange guy. Perfect. And finally he storms off and says, like, you know, you don't deserve this. I know he is so he was a great character too to have him in there and his clothing was amazing too and then he was worth they they showed us she would the the sister would make these phone calls trying to get him to come and do the photography because they figured if we can take a picture of this we're going to save the farm we're going to be rich if we can capture a ufo that's right and, and it's funny because they're so focused on this they don't seem to be focused on the fact that the ufo is killing people yeah no they didn't they missed that, that. bother them nearly the so horse. much as getting the picture yeah or the horses or anything yeah i mean they just found so many amazing things i i really am so impressed with the author of this the writing of it was so good the whole Thing was just so perfect how yeah, can you i would say high, highly recommended yeah entertaining as well um really interesting if you're a film buff yeah um, 
lots of stuff going on, lots of ways of looking at it, lots of ways to think about it. Um, it's and, a very self-conscious film, um, yes. you know, looking at looking at filmmaking, reflecting on sci-fi horror, uh, reflecting on how we look at images. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I mean, I screamed in it. It's got a little scariness in it. So it's, oh, yeah. it, it's really old-fashioned uh, spooky monster movie. Yes, it also kind of reminded me of that other film we saw that was like a 50s sci-fi horror. Absolutely. Film. I was going to mention that, that a second ago. That? It was called The Vast of Night. I was going to mention yes. that. Yes. Yeah. Also, also a sophisticated movie yeah. disguised to be a, a simple B movie. Yes. Yeah. Which is very, an interesting way cool. to go, isn't it? Very um, because to, to pull it off, you have to stay true to the genre. Yeah. You can load it up with everything you want, but yeah. if you wreck the code of the genre, you'll lose everybody, right? They yeah. have to, it has to be pulled off at that level as well. And I mean, you could walk into this and not, not recognize any movie history and just enjoy it because it's so, delightful i mean i'm just so thrilled to see a fun movie like that uh it just makes me happy about movies <laughs> yeah yeah do, do go see it it's really a fantastic film um and you'll find out why they call it nope which is also very very, very uh, adorable yeah, very oh the music was good too right oh yeah oh my god i laughed yeah. so hard at some of the music there was a lot of little things that were just funny setting situation humor that were yes. really really fun yeah, it was uh, everything Hart. about it was very, very thoughtful. Right. Everything seemed to be just so. Yeah. I mean, I didn't expect Corey Hart to be in the movie. <laughs> no, really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and they I, I love the fact that as serious a film it is, they allowed humor to creep in. Well, and it's you know, his second film, Us, had a lot of more humor. The first movie that he made is called Get Out. And it's basically this uh, black guy is going home to his white girlfriend's house for the weekend. And his best friend says, man, you don't go. Don't go to her house, whatever you do. Which was pretty funny. That was one of the funniest lines. And off he goes to her house and her family is not at all what he would have ever imagined. Or maybe it was. It was a lot more like what his friend thought it would be. They were like white nationalists, racist, Oh, it's just the scariest family in the world. And he's stuck there. He gets hypnotized and he can't he move. I've seen this movie. There it's you a go. great, really weird movie, but it's yes. great. Yes, it's yeah, a great I didn't movie. know maybe anything about it. I, I saw it on TV. That's maybe the one you texted me about. Yes, that probably yes. would have been it. That, and that it was really hit. weird and twisted. Oh, it's so weird and twisted. Horrible, horrible. And I mean, I'm so glad. Like, to me, he is just such a valuable filmmaker. Now, he started out with... Um, sketch comedy on on a on vh1 i think so and he had a partner and um he's gone off and making making these movies and i think we're so lucky he's got such a great imagination so with uh get out this one definitely has left that realm i mean that's just a horrible psychological physical race uh scary nightmare movie and then with us it lightens up a bit the premise of body snatchers it's still scary very scary um, these are the only horror movies I've watched in like 10 years. I can't watch horror movies anymore, but I really, really wanted to see them because I knew he was up to something important. Mm -hmm. uh, so I, you know, I watched them at noon, <laughs> bright daylight with coffee. <laughs> and um, yeah. And so us is also what a great film that is about body snatchers and um, he's on a roll and it's just great to see this movie. He's just made now. Oh yeah. I, I think I would go, go see any of his films just on, 
uh, on the basis of it's his films because yeah. they're, he has such a unique and really uh, compelling vision. Very special. Yeah, very good. Yeah, oh, I'm glad you guys liked it. Yeah, um, I know that uh, someone we know doesn't really like Sky Dancers. <laughs> so the Sky Dancers? Oh, those things that are at used car lots that oh those things that's what air. they're called sky dancers yeah, yeah she likes those things yeah <laughs> so and there's I, lots of them in this movie it's amazing how they made them into the plot it was fantastic i never knew they were called sky dancers i think they're called sky dancers i did a painting once called sky dancer really yes yeah. i did actually i made two paintings called sky dancer oh. and and i would never have used that title if <laughs> if i had known that they were what you call those weird things that you pump full of air well, i'm gonna double check while lots. we're sitting here but i think that's what yeah that's what they're called wow i think so yeah. yep but boy did they again that imagination to make them part of the the story was pretty cool <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah so we're giving this one a high recommendation from uh, both agents this week yeah both agents double agent recommendation yeah so get down there well it's at the theater i saw it at the uh at the vip here at the the cineplex and so i was able to have um a keith's and a quesadilla while i was uh, enjoying nice. the film which which to me is absolutely civilized in the beautiful vip yeah. seats well i went by myself um, Stag was really busy, so even though he had time off, he didn't. He, at first, he didn't think he wanted to see that film. Now I told him, "Oh, you've missed a great film," and um, he's going to have to go see it. But uh, I went by myself, and I did not get food. I brought chips in with me because the thing is, I don't want to. I don't know. I, I I'm also I'm a baller on a budget, so I went to like a matinee, and it was seven dollars. I got a great deal, and I was really excited about it. And I just brought some bags of chips in with me. Uh oh. <laughs> uh oh, not on my carb diet. So uh, not only that, I, if, I the, if the cinema police ever caught you bringing your own food in I there, know, my I goodness, man. Um, well, I just didn't, you know, I was just trying to go see the movie and I wasn't really hungry. I just wanted some salt while I was there, you know, right on. <laughs> and I can't eat popcorn. It gives me a tummy ache. Really? Mm -hmm. We, if I eat too much popcorn, yeah, that, but you know, I kind of can't resist when they layer the butter through the popcorn. So really the popcorn is just a vehicle for this melted butter. Absolutely. Which is disgusting, but kind of tasty. Oh, it's delicious. I mean, I like the taste of it, but it doesn't like me. Yeah. It took me all my life to realize that I. And no human ever gets through. If you bought the smallest available well, that's bag what I'm of saying. popcorn. They're massive. Right. No human could actually get through it. Right. Right. We bring it home and have it around here for days. Well, that's a good afterwards. idea. Do the dogs eat it? Oh, they love it. Yeah. Oh, what a great funny. dog treat. Yeah. I'm sure it's bad, very bad for them. Well, it's probably but, good to throw it all over the floor to keep them busy. Sure. But yeah. I figure if you have a nine year old noof with cancer, he gets whatever he wants. He does. He gets whatever he wants. I think that's a great plan. Yeah. Well, we're going to take a break next week. We are. I'm going camping. Yeah. Good. I uh, I just wanted to get out of the city for yeah. a few days, so that. I'm going up to a campground uh, near um, near Sudbury, Ontario. Oh, you're bit, taking a, a big bit. drive. It's a longer drive that I really need oh. to do, considering I'm only going for like three days. Are you going uh, by yourself? I'm going by myself. Yeah, oh, it's okay. a it's a solo camping trip, yeah. and um, uh, there's a couple of trout streams back in there. I haven't done any <laughs> trout fishing in a really long time. Right. You know, I just don't get out like I used to, and yeah. And one of the things that I want to do is um, 
is just go have a look at these trout streams. I, I camped up in this them. spot uh, <laughs> a few years ago because I had heard about them. And it was, it was the spring in which all the water levels were super high. And I went uh, in May and the, the streams were like three feet higher than normal and impossible to fish. So, you know, and it rained throughout the entire time I was camping. Oh. I expect it will rain this time too. I'm, you know, I've, <laughs> I've announced that I'm going. And so the gods of rain are, oh my you know, God. they're, they're trying to get it set up now for, yeah. for the rain to happen. Uh, but if it doesn't pour on me, I will, I will check out a couple of, uh, a couple of trout streams, maybe do some reading, oh, maybe nice. do a little hiking round, look for some mushrooms, Wonderful. play the fiddle. I'm going to bring Wonderful. my fiddle and a banjo Love with it. me. And, uh, you know, cook over an open fire and just um, enjoy some solitude for a couple of days. That's a wonderful idea. What a great, great time you're going to have. Yeah. So nice. I love it. Uh, I'll miss our listeners, but we will yeah. be back. All right. Okay. Talk to you soon. Okay.